We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 8th edition of the Rotoware NFL Podcast. Week one is upon us. We are almost here. Just two more nights of sleep, and we will have National Football League games occurring. I can't believe we're here. Two more sleeps, ladies and gentlemen. Thursday Night Football is on. I cannot wait. It's finally time to talk about some actual waiver wire pickups. I got my emails today that, okay, this league's going to run fab at 2 o'clock on Wednesday. This league's going to run fab at 3 o'clock on Thursday. It's going to be this time. All that stuff just gets me excited because, really, the last month was a lot of space filler. This is our bread and butter here doing the waiver wire. This is the thing that I've been a part of uh, for five, five, six years now. Joe's been my alongside me here for the second year. Yeah, really excited to get into some of these waiver wire pickups because we always say, I, I, I firmly believe this, this is the most important podcast you listen to all week because it helps you with the actionable advice you need to win your fantasy football yeah, leagues. Yeah, no, no knocking anybody else. And certainly if you're trying to win some cold, hard cash, that Friday DFS podcast with Laird and Scott Jenstead is, is certainly a good listen as well. But you're right. I agree with you. I mean, uh, you win the money 
by drafting the players, but you got to make sure you stay in the money by picking mm-hmm. up the players. And that's where we're here to help you with. Um, we'll go over all the rules for the podcast uh, as far as the free agent pickups and everything else. I do want to get a few news items out of the way. We are lucky to have a lot of stuff really kind of come in um, before we hit the airwaves here around one o'clock central time, starting first with a number of contract signings. So DeAndre Hopkins announced that he signed a two-year extension. It's going to make him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. That extension is already on top of the, I think, two or even three years left on his previous Texans contract. So great. Bill O'Brien can finally Mm -hmm. get snuffed out completely on this one. And uh, his trade, the trades right there. I don't know. This, this felt like much to do about nothing, but there was some people out there that I saw in the fantasy football sphere saying, Hey, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't signed his contract yet. Is he going to be as good of a player because he's moping around? Well, that was dumb. It is definitely proven to be dumb now, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. He's someone who I was able to get at the 2-3 turn in one league. I was pretty happy about that. I mean, I like him as a player. I don't expect some major regression. Now, of course, going to a new team uh, in this COVID 2020 is always going to be difficult on anybody, whether it's rookies or veterans changing scenes. But I think a, a player of his caliber, he's never worked with great quarterbacks, in, in, with the exception of Deshaun Watson. He's had to get his business done with a slew of bad quarterbacks in the past. And Kyler Murray is definitely is someone that could be right on par with Deshaun Watson this year. I think uh, we can expect big things and out, of, out of Hopkins, and we can get some second-round value here. It's Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, and then Hopkins for you, right? There, there isn't a... Galladay that sneaks in there, Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin. None of those guys are above. We're like, we're, you're talking three, four, five because Devontae's still two, right? Yeah, and Michael Tom, uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, up there. Thomas, yeah, yeah. Thomas so, one, Devontae two. I just was curious um, where your rankings were on it. Yeah, that, you know, it might depend on the league. I could see uh, pretty much every draft I've done, Tyreek Hill's gone beforehand. So, but Hopkins number four, I, I, I'll take him over Julio Jones mostly because oh, if, okay. if anyone, uh, I don't know, if anyone's listening this year, I think it's uh, Cam Ridley breakout season time. So, uh, I don't think that comes at the expense Calvin of Julio Ridley. Jones. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. Both of them can be fine, but you know, man, you know, this debate the top five receivers could have been done, you know, ages <laughs> ago. But uh, it's waiver wire time. We got to stay. On oh, track I just, here. I just was curious what you mm-hmm. thought. Giving the listeners some action on your top five wide receivers. It's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, I, I, I can tell, move on. Yeah. It's all right. No, I will. I will tell you. I have zero Michael Thomas. I have. I've done nine, ten drafts now. Zero Michael Thomas. Zero Devonte Adams. Zero Tyree Kill, one DeAndre Hopkins, zero Julio Jones, and one Chris Godwin. So like that that's where I'm at with this top okay. tier receiver. I'm almost always fading that top tier receiver to load up on my backs and attacking the middle tier. That's been my draft plan all year. And uh, you know, we're sticking to it. I got one more tonight. You're spoiling what's hopefully gonna be my most read tweet uh, of all time. Um, cause I, I'm going to do my, my release of like most shares of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I had two drafts last night, two more tonight. I think there might be one or two more that sneak in either right at the Thursday deadline or even past there. Um, I thought I was going to just be flat at 16 leagues. We have exceeded that. That will occur. Mm-hmm. I will go past 16. Yeah. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how yeah. many different players I have. See, I, I can't handle that money that many in the season. <laughs> I, I've done a couple proxy drafts for other people. So there's like two or three of those in part. my 10 leagues. So I'll, I'll do the fun part. I will say, hey, if you, I don't know if you saw my Twitter this weekend, but I hooked a guy up in a 14-team league, ended up with Mixon Chubb, um, Chris Godwin and Mark Andrews. So in a 14-teamer, you take that foundation, I will do that. So that, And that that was my first Godwin share, $92 in a $500 budget. 
I'll take that full PPR. Let's go. Yeah, I think that's great value. Another guy that's going to be great value, especially after his contract extension, Keenan Allen. This mm-hmm. kind of came in with a flurry of deals to Sean Watson side, his massive extension as well on Saturday. But Allen was almost an under the radar thing. There are so many different teams getting cut down. And oh, by the way, we have one of the best wide receivers in the league getting locked in for mm-hmm. the price tag uh, with the Chargers offense that really needs him because Mike Williams, as of now, is a game time decision mm-hmm. for Sunday. Yeah, the Keenan Allen depression on one side, I see a little bit because you got Tyrod Taylor. He's not Phil Rivers. It's not the same chemistry, not the same uh, slinging mentality, I guess, necessarily. Um, But on the other side, you've got a receiver who, for how many years in a row, was a second-round consensus pick overall. Does his ADP really drop two to three rounds, especially in a PPR league because of the quarterback change? His volume's going to be there. He's 28 years old, so I'm not expecting some major athletic regression. As long as he stays healthy, he has just as good a chance to finish in the top 10 uh, wide receivers in PPR leagues as anyone. He's another part of the reason why I'm very content to pass on that first tier and attack that second or even third tier, depending on where you envision him. In the snake draft, Ridley goes ahead of Allen every single time, pretty pretty easily too. Mm-hmm. But I've found in the auction drafts I've done so far, they're actually pretty close price-wise. And if that's the case, I'll take Ridley every mm-hmm. time. But that's more to say that I think these PPR guys overall are, are really undervalued, whether it be Allen, whether it be Ridley. Uh, Terry McLaurin's another one of my favorites right now and in kind of that range. Um, I think Allen's going to be fantastic this season. I'm not worried at all about the drop-off from a um, – I would say like a relation standpoint between Philip Rivers and Keenan Allen to Philip River, or sorry, to Tyrod Taylor and uh, Keenan Allen. I don't think there's going to be that much of a drop off. Allen is one of the best route runners in the league, and if Taylor can't throw as well deep, that doesn't really hurt him. I actually think Taylor might be just as good, if not better, than Rivers deep. So it's a moot point altogether. I'm I'm very curious. There's there's a few things, and, and we could probably talk about next Tuesday which teams will be most excited to watch or have watched following Sunday's games. The Chargers are among them. I want to see what that offense looks like with Melvin Gordon gone, uh, with Tyrod Taylor under center. There's there's a lot of question marks, but like good question marks, exciting ones from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And another offense that I'm very very curious about seeing here is uh, the Cleveland Browns, and we've got another con. Contract extension there. Kareem Hunt signed a two-year deal. I I saw that and I was like, man, I've got more Chubb shares than pretty much any other uh, any other back this year. But that doesn't worry me too much. In an offense where Beckham and Landry are the clear one-two here, I think there's room for both running backs to be there because you look at that wide receiver depth chart. And after those guys, I know left or Jeff and Liss hit on this last night. There's just not a whole lot going besides uh, you know besides Jarvis and, and Beckham. Yeah, well, they have the two tight ends, Hooper and Nujoku. I've been targeting Hooper a lot later on Mm -hmm. um, with the Kevin Stefanski offense likely bringing that around. I don't know. If you were a Kareem Hunt truther, you're celebrating, right? If you were Nick Chubb's uh, truther, you're not really worried. Like none, mm-hmm. none of this really changes. I'm surprised the Browns chose to do this from a fiscal perspective. You look at all those running backs, Delvin Cook, Aaron mm-hmm. Jones, Alvin Kamara, among them, that are likely free agents this year. And to get uh, Kareem Hunt at $6 million for the next two seasons seems like a bit of an overprice when Jordan Howard was like $2, $2 million less than that. I don't know. Like I, Hunt's mm-hmm. a very clear, better player. I'm not sure he's worth $6 million when there's so many other guys out there. We'll have to see. Um, I don't think it's a huge fantasy deal, but it is at least an interesting note nevertheless. This, from a fantasy perspective, is a shocker to me. Uh, Adrian Pearson, of course, was released by Washington, I think, like early, uh, late last week, but signed surprisingly with the Lions over the weekend. If you had... AP going to the Lions on your bingo board, congratulations, because I, I don't 
Like that, yeah, I would have never that, even that put was, that them on the team right there. Like that's, I was stunned. But Carryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift, at the time they had Jason Huntley, he was cut, not picked up by the Eagles. A lot of different names, and they still mm-hmm. have a lot of different names. Um, Bo Scarborough is on injured reserve, so he'll be out at least three weeks. But still, that mm-hmm. that's a major scratching the head for me. Yeah, I pretty much actively avoided that, and I'm pretty happy that that's how it turned out uh, for me. I think in one proxy I did, I got carry on johnson for three bucks but it was a 10 team league so i'm basically going to say hey man if you want to drop if you want to drop them you know they're fully droppable and go ahead team league, yeah. maybe uh you know you hang on to him in your 12ers and beyond but he's not yeah he's not a lock at any point yeah i was surprised to see that um i'm not at all interested in adrian peterson this is a team that if i'm interested in anyone on detroit it's stafford as a late rounder backup quarterback and the receivers as flyers he galladay at his price is a little high but this is a bad team that's going to compete for the first pick in the nfl draft and there's going to be a lot of stafford slinging it around in the second half and that just doesn't benefit a guy like adrian peterson a lot of people are talking about jacksonville or washington or the giants as franchises that could have the number one overall pick and i think the lions are sneakily right in that in that contention i agree with you if they win four or five games this year i would be stunned and and if that's the case they're going to be throwing a lot so great galladay marvin jones even tj hawkinson i i get it but why would you sign a 35 year old veteran that can't catch and can't pass block i don't know um, the interesting thing is, like at 37 years old, is he going to have a bionic knee and then go to the Packers <laughs> to finish with the, uh, the, finish the, the NFC, NFC North, North tour quartet? Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll have hit them all. That'd be fantastic. I mean, I'd be fine. With Adrian Peterson's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. I, I think you know, it's. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to think the Packers are better with roster construction like that. Your third <laughs> string running back has to play special teams. That's it. Well, has Peterson ever played for the Bears? Oh, you know what? Well, no, I'm, I, I actually was thinking of that. Has, like, has, he, play, has no. he played for the no, Bears? That was, okay. the, that was the speculation. I just assumed. But, oh, yeah. We, <laughs> they were the most logical team to have signed yes. in. They were way more logical than Detroit, so I messed that up in my head. But uh, it took us on a fun tangent, and uh, I have no regrets. Uh, on Because of that, DeAndre Swift is listed as number four on the depth chart. This is a guy that was going in the fifth round in snake drafts and even higher if you were doing it like two weeks ago when when there wasn't as many obvious situations and there wasn't that uh, undisclosed injury that was occurring for Swift as well. This is a terrifying situation to me. I thought Swift entering the NFL draft was the third best running back um, behind Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. That proved not to be correct with Clyde Archer sneaking in there as the draft pick, but that was more of a system fit to me. I, I'm I'm not like out out on Swift as a talent, but I'd rather have Cam Akers. Um, I would I would rather have a lot of other options that like I'd have Dobbins for sure, and I think Dobbins is even going yeah. way behind uh, Swift right now. Maybe it would be the one way you can capitalize this would be to try to buy low on a guy like Swift in a dynasty trade and have him as like a side piece coming back at you. But uh, no, that sentence could be construed the wrong way. But uh, no, but no, there's nothing in, in single redraft here that. Uh, that actionable that you can do. You don't want to pick up and start messing around with that backfield one bit. Um, another situation that I'm not wanting to mess around with at all. Mitch Trubisky was listed as named and named as the starting quarterback for the Bears. Uh, that means that Nick Foles was a draft pick compensated twenty million dollar backup quarterback this offseason <laughs> for the Bears once again uh, choosing to shoot themselves in the foot. It's difficult, right? We all know how bad Trubisky is. Even you, who was on mm-hmm. on these very same airways last year, saying you want Trubisky as a a fantasy quarterback flyer. Um, 
we know what Trubisky mm-hmm. is, and it's not good. Yeah. So I'm surprised that they decided to still go with him. But I, I think they're just trying to make up for what was clearly a mistake four years ago when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. They didn't extend his first round option, so I mean th- they have really no incentive if Trubisky does well. What do you think? Or yeah. is there a different is there a different guy that you're willing to look bad about saying? Yeah, I, I've settled on Trubisky being bad by now. I thought the the circumstances would be a little bit better. I mean. He still has a decent offense, but you know, I, if he can't throw, he can't really play quarterback in this league. This will probably be his last year as a starter. But as I alluded to when we were discussing before the show, I have a new bad quarterback that I'm on this year as your $1 pick, your backup quarterback in the third to last round of your snake drafts. Uh, and the guy I'm looking at, I have him in, uh, I got him as a $1 guy in a $500 budget this weekend, and I got him as a 2A, 2B type quarterback in a dynasty league and uh, that player is Sam Darnold of the Jets Um, you know we've seen him see ghosts before he won't play Belichick every single (laughs) week Um, I think Jamison Crowder is in for 140 targets in a career year as well those two things are uh, a little bit related here I'll just throw my bold predictions out there Um, between Perriman, Hogan, Mims if one guy can get healthy they'll be viable I think Herndon's good I think Le'Veon Bell's good he's still got something left in the tank Uh, the circumstances uh, for Darnold in another year in the league, uh, seem to me like uh, they can be productive. This is a kid that's just 23 years old. I liked him coming out of out of USC, and and not a whole lot has changed, despite you know having two pretty rough years in the league. I think third time's the charm for him, and I'll take him for a dollar. He could very easily go downhill in the first couple weeks, but you know what? If he did it, then. You didn't pay a high price for him, so all right. So he's my Gar- backup: Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke, or Sam Darnold. Who are you going with? Um, Minshew number one, just because of that Bud Light contest. Then <laughs> Sam Darnold. Then Drew. Uh, then Drew Locke. Okay, and that's probably how it have mm-hmm. it too. I don't know if Minshew is a dollar quarterback necessarily. It depends on the league, mm-hmm. um, but definitely Darnold and, and Drew Locke mm-hmm. are. Yeah, well, Minshew's basically a dollar or undrafted. Darnold's a dollar or undrafted. Uh, Locke is undrafted yeah. across the board. Yeah. So I haven't there I've seen him drafted in like obviously that dynasty league right. we did that you know just went so many rounds and then I think he might have been also one dollar in uh the fourteen team auction I did this past weekend. But okay. I'll take Darnold over him. Yeah. All right, so there you go. Yeah, Sam Darnold over Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke, all your dollar day quarterbacks. Jake's got you covered there. Uh, before we get into the meat of the podcast, just going over the free agent additions for or entering week one, I want to get a word from our sponsors here. Underdog Fantasy, say hello to your new favorite place to fa- play fantasy football for real money, Underdog Fantasy. With Underdog, all you need to do is the fun part. Just draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it, forget it, and wait for the winnings to come in. This year, they have a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team, and you have a shot at $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today and enter the best ball mania for a chance at $1 million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com or searching Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to enter the code RotoWire after you make your first deposit. All right, so it's time to kind of get into the gist of the podcast, focusing on those pickups. Um, just for clarification for a lot of people out there, and we'll repeat it as we go on throughout the podcast um, the rest of the season, we're always trying to target players that are under 50% owned in Yahoo leagues. 
Um, you know, like ESPN, I don't think we're allowed to say the O word anymore. Technically, I think they're we have to say that they're rostered. Yes, yes, rostered. Mm-hmm. Right. So, oh, we'll get we'll get it out of my system right, right now. But <laughs> you're good. This is good practice. So, rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um, we'll try to go deep, especially in the two QB league formats out there. And I'm sure people listening be like, well, wait, uh, you know, like uh, Paris Campbell's rostered in sixty percent of my leagues. So, should I pick him up? Okay. I mean, that, again, we're, we're trying to dive into it for the most part. If you have those types of questions, we'll certainly be willing to answer them on Twitter um, as well. But starting out first with the quarterbacks, there's actually, I think, a, a decent amount of streaming options available at mm-hmm. the quarterback position. So you have yes. guys like Philip Rivers, Kirk Cousins, Gardner Minshew, we just talked about, Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, like, there's there's a decent amount. All those guys are under 50% um, rostered in on Yahoo League. So is there one of those names that you like more than the other out of the group? Like if you had to go down to that bargain bin basement? Yeah, I'll mention off the bat that I I, I like our, or I'm sorry, I like uh, Darnold for the season, but you don't stream him this week against the Bills. He's one of those guys that you definitely don't want to touch. Um, looking, you know, at the over unders and all that. First off, you know, I'm thinking in my head this year. There's not really going to be much of a home field advantage this week, this year, because last year I would always kind of tend to try to find guys that were at home, you know, weren't going into hostile environments. I mean, there might be a little bit of advantage of not having to travel and take all these extra pro- protocols uh, for COVID and, and whatnot, but the home away thing is going to mean a little bit less to me when it comes to streaming. Anyway, a couple guys that stood out uh, to me, um, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater versus... Uh, Las Vegas, or you could even take the other side of that, and Derek Carr at Carolina. The over-under on that game is 47.5 points. Um, There's going to be a lot of points scored. I like Bridgewater's weapons. I mean, Bridgewater dumping off to McCaffrey is going to help his stats a little bit. I think uh, he's a guy that you have to consider streaming. He's only 23% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, and um, yeah, he's a guy that you have to go to. I also don't mind the Rivers-Minshew matchup. Um, take whatever side of that you want. They're about similarly owned. The over-under on that game is 45. Those are guys uh, to look at as well. And one guy I didn't even list, but uh, Fitzmagic has the starting job over Tua. Um, he's a guy that uh, can be productive. He obviously knows the game. Uh, he's got some decent receivers. I mean, he had a connection uh, with, you know, um, with Devontae Parker. Yeah, with Devontae Parker last. A- so, and, and Preston Williams before, too, right, who's not coming back from injury. Fitzpatrick is definitely a name I, I want to monitor, and I think will be talked about a lot um, while he's starting mm-hmm. with whatever this one, two, three, four weeks, whatever the stretch ends up being. We'll discuss him. I don't like him so much this week against the Patriots defense. It's not the Patriots from last year. A lot of their guys opted mm-hmm. out with COVID and things like that, but it's still – a defense that's coached by Bill Belichick. I don't really want to go that direction from a fancy quarterback perspective. I know Andrew or Scott will talk about this plenty on Friday's podcast. I really do like Teddy Bridgewater for 5900 um from a DFS salary standpoint. Yeah. Like that's that's fantastic value against a defense like the Raiders which I don't think is going to be very good. They have the highest over under as well mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be hard to stack a DJ Moore or even Curtis Samuel. A lot of mm-hmm. people love Ian Thompson Thomas as well. Yep. There's there's a couple names that you could you could make a case Robbie for. Robbie Anderson in the mix there. Yeah, this, this stuff this it gets uh it gets tough. This is GPP only, but I can very much see uh you know, you, you if you're not paying up for the Lamar Jackson type, for example, and you go cheap on your quarterback with Bridgewater, it makes it a lot easier to fit in a guy like McCaffrey. Well, and the the offense, or I'm sorry, the defense of the Panthers is expected not to be very good. Again, the over-under is the highest of these streamer quarterbacks we're talking about. I also am I'm more on the river side going against Jacksonville, who I think is just going to be a bad team this year, as opposed to uh, Minshew, who's going against the Colts defense, who I think is going to be very good this year. Mm-hmm. That being said, 
Bridgewater um, and Rivers and even Minshew, I think could could be top 15, top 12 fantasy scores this week, which makes a difference if you're in a deeper league. I guess I don't know. I'd have to like look and have it in front of me who they'd bump out. But there's there's some guys that have some tougher matchups right now out there. I mean, like Aaron Rodgers, who's being drafted as a top 12 guy. Going against the Vikings, I don't know. I, I would rather have Rivers and Bridgewater, for example. I heard this challenge on another podcast. Can you name a Vikings cornerback? Oh, no, not anymore. Not after Trey Wayne's left. I don't yeah, think so. Exactly. Xavier Rhodes, is, you know. No, he's with the Colts. I knew that yeah, one. I'm so, following that yeah, one along. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> I don't think that Vikings secondary is going to be great. And that actually leads me to a wide receiver pick when we get to that part of the show. Okay. All right. So of of these like streamer options, is there is there a favorite that you have? Would you dive down and start a Bridgewater if it was between a Rodgers? Or how about like a Joe Burrow? Going against maybe a, a fearsome Chargers defense. I only say this because I have Joe Burrow everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if it was between Bridgewater and Burrow, I think I might go Bridgewater this week. All right, so looking at our value meter, we have Teddy Bridgewater at 19 in the matchup this week for week one. We've got Burrow at 17. So that's close enough in the value meter where, you know, you don't always have to follow rankings exactly. And that's one that I personally, uh, I, I might flip over because there's a little bit of unknown with the rookie. If you took Joe Burrow week uh, in your drafts, it's not necessarily for what he's going to do week one. It's for what he'll eventually become in that offense throughout the season. At least Teddy Bridgewater, we saw him, you know, make that excellent comeback, really helped that New Orleans Saints team last year. Of course, with a new team, but, uh, you know, they shelled out for him, and, and Bridgewater's got plenty of weapons with the Raiders' defense that might be questionable. So I think uh, Bridgewater is someone, yeah, you would consider starting if you uh, if you punted on quarterbacks this week. All right, so it kind of seems like we're – one in the same there. He's the best, right? Uh, is it Bridgewater, Minshew, Rivers, Cousins? He's the best of this, like a sub fifty percent from the Yahoo. I, group? I almost do Bridgewater, Rivers, Minshew, but it's pretty interchangeable there. I mean, all these guys are probably in your standard twelve-team leagues are one-dollar bids. If you're using a salary yeah, right. cap, uh, that's another word we got to say. Salary cap for uh, can't see the can't say the a word anymore, and it's not the a word you're listening <laughs> you're, you're thinking about. Um, but it's in a salary cap waiver acquisition system yeah i'm right there with you on the uh, quarterback spots right now and guys that we have off the waiver. we've already spent too much time talking about quarterbacks that probably don't really matter uh let's get to the heavy hitters in a little bit here with the running backs and wide receivers before we do that i want to get a word from one of our new sponsors owner's box do you love the strategy of season-long fantasy sports like i do well live for the short-term gra- or do you live for the short-term gratification of dfs be the first to try weekly fantasy sports Owner's Box is here to change that game with the Weekly Fantasy Sports. Weekly Fantasy Sports keeps players engaged through live drafting, social interaction, and a new layer of strategy that puts the power back in your hands. No more submitting lineup and forgetting about it. Users can be engaged throughout the entirety of the contest and compete with the opponents over seven days of fierce competition and get paid out weekly. The Owner Box game provides users with a fun and engaging rule set that revolves around a set number of game opportunities by roster position. Your players earn you points throughout the week, but only if you have enough games available at that position. In addition, the OwnerBox platform will curate a community amongst their users and allow them to engage socially in multiple different ways, add friends, create groups, and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Go to ownersbox.com slash rotowire and sign up for your exclusive beta right now. Each user who signs up will receive OwnerBox free that can be used to enter contests risk-free. Again, that's ownerbox.com slash rotowire. All right, moving on to the running backs. Um, 
I think we have to start out with the Jacksonville situation, right? I mean, that's going to be the hot topic for a lot of different people, and what to do with those guys is going to be tough. Uh, we have James Robinson, who is currently listed as number one on the depth chart. Mario Puig has been all over his talent so far in different articles, even dating back to May when he was an undrafted free agent. There's Chris Thompson, who makes sense from a PPR perspective. Uh, Zigbo as uh, a guy who could factor in. And then Armstead, who's going to be out for a – undisclosed duration of time mm-hmm. due to COVID-19. Like, uh, what do you make sense of this Jacksonville backfield right now? Yeah, I actually think this is pretty straightforward, despite all the confusion that we've had. James Robinson, number one on the depth chart. You know, I, I trust Mario's football opinion more than just about anybody else in this industry. Same. And uh, and looking at that, I mean, he seems like he's the guy that's going to be the number one. But we're going to see some Chris Thompson touches, and we're going to see this Jaguars team be behind quite a bit. Uh, and the Colts were a lot, I think they were top 10 in the league last year. I was just looking this up, allowing less than 100 rushing yards per game to opposing to opposing uh, or just rushing yards per game in general. So um, while Robinson is there, I don't think he necessarily locks in as an RB2 in week one. There are certainly formats where you have to think about using him um, because it's the rosters are just so deep. But uh, it's Robinson, and then Thompson's nothing more than a, than a PPR flyer in deep formats. But uh, as far as the guy to own moving forward, I think you can make a pretty decent-sized fab bid on James Robinson right now. He's only 22% uh, rostered in Yahoo Leagues. So he's somebody that uh, you, you certainly have to think about. I mean, you know, Zigbo's around. Uh, Armstead could be something when he comes back from COVID. I know Armstead was the... Uh presumed favorite yeah, yeah he was the guy that was immediately drafted as soon as the Fournette news came out in some of the leagues that I was in but uh it's looking like James Robinson now um a fifth of your fab budget maybe oh, Eight, see, 18 I, to 22 dollars actually way too high from what I would think I, I like Chris Thompson a lot like we're, we're all drafting Tariq Cohen as if he's going to be a ninth round PPR guy and that's fine and, and we're all drafting Kareem Hunt as a seventh round PPR and that's fine I think uh, so long as Chris Thompson's healthy, he does that kind of stuff. The James White stuff, too, is another perfect uh, round 10 lower example. I think Chris Thompson can do it. It's just a matter of being healthy. Chris Thompson's 29 years old. He's got injury problems, and he's never really been the guy. He doesn't need to be the guy in the Jacksonville offense, especially when their defense is so bad. That's my thing. That Mm -hmm. I don't care how old he is or whatever else. He's probably catching four or five passes because we don't think James Robinson can do that. We know Ozigbo can't. We know Armstead's out, who is probably the the guy that would have been the pass catcher other than Thompson. And he's in a Jay Gruden offense who knows him. I like, I think, I think Thompson actually is the guy that I would be willing to spend three to $6 on as opposed to James Robinson. Robinson might be very good. There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't see a scenario where Jacksonville does enough to be, relevant from a running back perspective other than passing running backs. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see Thompson getting goal line carries, which is no. you know, part of it for me. I would rather take a chance on the, the relative unknown, hoping you strike gold or only early in the year than kind of, you know, the boring get you eight to 10 PPR points a week, you know, in general. I don't think Robinson can be picked up in the 10 team league. I think that's how unsturdy oh, yeah. I feel about yeah. his proposition okay fair enough neither of these guys in a 10 team league unless you you know wait, burned one of your picks or, or something at the end right or yeah. you have two kickers which you should never do anyway like just make sure you have yeah. a, a running back for that roster spot I, I just looked at a yahoo test league we did and uh and uh it just auto drafted me a second uh defense so right if that's the case then yeah go ahead and get someone like robinson because he's probably uh i don't know he's we'll talk about a few more backs but i think he's got to be up there i mean uh he's the most attractive i think he's the most attractive pickup name any position right now, but I but I don't think that means you need to spend um, a fifth year budget. I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying like yeah. that's 
that's too much for what I'm more than likely having already drafted my rosters. I don't know if I want to go ahead and drop, um, I don't know, like a Van Jefferson, who, mm-hmm. if you were in a deep league, might have been one of those last picks. Or for me, Steven Sims. I love him quite a bit. We'll talk about when we get to the receivers. I'm not dropping any of those guys for unless unless there's more of a sure thing than what we're assuming with James Robinson as the starting running mm-hmm. back in an offense that is going to be not very good, in my opinion. Holy crap. James Robinson in his 2019 season at Illinois State. <laughs> 364 rushing attempts, 1,917 yards, 18 touchdowns, 5.3 yards per carry. Yeah, maybe you like to see a little bit better than that at the college level, especially you know in that conference. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think if you actually want James Robinson and you have a problem at running back that needs to be addressed, I think it's going to require an $18 bid. Okay. All right. That's Then I'm just not getting Robinson, and yeah. I think I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to go out and do that, but you know, watch a college highlight f- film Think about what you, your opinion on, on Chris Thompson is because that's going to dictate largely what your opinion on James Robinson is and then make your bid from there. But I'm just saying uh, these guys early in the season for this very first fab bid, like they could be game changers. You know, They could fizzle out, and you know, I think that's worth a couple extra bucks just in case you strike gold or you went zero RB this year in your drafts. But if you have two established running backs, you know, maybe you definitely don't spend a fifth of your fab here. I, I think we are in conjunction that Robinson is the best option of anybody out there right now on the waiver wire mm-hmm. because we're quickly slipping down to like a Bryce Love or technically J.D. McKissick, who is listed as the top running back on the Washington depth chart in what I can only assume is some like masochistic thing to f- fantasy football owners out there everywhere that they would stupidly list him at that spot because it's it's very clearly not going to happen. Antonio Gibson is number two on the depth chart. He's 83% owned for a reason. It's because he's actually the good player. We know what J.D. McKissick is. We also know what mm-hmm. Peyton Barber is. I don't know. Like, do do you do you? I would much rather waste a dollar or two roster spot on Bryce Love from free agency mm-hmm. if I had two kickers or two defenses. Yeah. Um, as opposed to going ten to fifteen on James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of those rare and a little bit strange situations where we know Gibson's a better player. I'm pretty sure the Washington Football Team knows that Gibson's a better player. Um, you know, than a JD McKissick. I mean, if you picture, you know, Seattle third down maybe make a play here and there uh it was relevant in a couple games jd mckissick you know uh there's not to me there's not a a waiver bid there you know unless it's like a one dollar thing that you want to go especially on this team so um i mean bryce loves the guy that's available he's not a guy that you cram in and start week one that's more of a kind of a long stash season long ceiling stash type of situation um but you have to type in gibson first even though he's 83 percent owned because if your league drafted on I don't know, August 1st, July 1st, yes, you know, earlier yeah. than that. Gibson wasn't even really on people's radar. I mean, Bryce Love was probably more on people's radars than Gibson. I don't know. It was close. He could have gone either way. But Gibson's he's still out there in 17% of leagues. You know, we normally won't talk about um, a guy that's 83% owned this much on this show, but he should be the first name you type in this week just in case because there are a lot of leagues where he wasn't taken. Early drafters might have actually missed him. I agree. And if your waiver wire is anything like the ones that I'm in, it doesn't open up until Tuesday or Wednesday, like really when you're listening to this podcast mm-hmm. you might finally have your waiver wire open i agree with you i think that that makes a lot of sense um i'm actually a little bit intrigued with a malcolm brown as well who's owned in nine percent of leagues we still don't know what, what's going on with daryl henderson's injury status cam Akers is a rookie and we're worried about the dreaded covid camp and what that means right like what do rookies do this year malcolm brown is getting some first team running back reps and and for a ram mm-hmm. squad that we know utilizes that position it's a pretty key pickup potentially for some people mm-hmm. yeah malcolm brown is a guy i was probably early on because i liked him last year for you know a one dollar player at the end of your salary cap drafts uh you know i wasn't confident 
confident in Gurley or, the, as, or as confident in the rookie Daryl Henderson as many people are. Now Henderson's hurt. Um, you know, there's it's it's a messy situation uh, with uh, Akers being around and Akers being the guy that will eventually do that. But you basically look at Malcolm Brown as the opposite of a guy like uh, Bryce Love. Mal- Malcolm Brown has utility over mm-hmm. weeks one, two, three maybe. Bryce Love's more likely to have utility in midway point and onwards, I think. So uh, depending on where your need is right now, I would bet Malcolm Brown outscores Bryce Love in week one, but I very much would not say the same in week eight. So that's kind of how I look at it. I think these are relatively low bid players too. So Oh, yeah, you know, I, not more than a dollar or two. Like if you're talking about James Robinson as a 10 to $15 guy in a $100 formats, right, I, mm-hmm. I don't think any of these guys go past two or three. Yeah, I also wanted to throw one more guy on the list just because he's under our 50% roster threshold i mean duke johnson he's at kansas city um kansas city is what i project as the best offense in the league uh i see him as being the guy that's involved more when the team is trailing uh than the other david johnson um so he's a pretty solid contingency back in a game that has the highest over under of the week uh with 55 he's a viable flex flex option in ppr formats pretty much the same story we've always had on him because i don't think david johnson is suddenly going to jump in and shoulder the entire load and for 45 He's a guy that might fly under the radar as as possibly a stream option with backup value, maybe not quite in the Tony Pollard type uh, area, but someone that could eventually sneak in there. Yeah, if we're all excited about Kareem Hunt, I don't know why we can't have that same sort of enthusiasm for Duke Johnson. That's mm-hmm. that's where I, I don't quite get the Kareem Hunt love where he's been priced up because I think Duke Johnson does the same exact thing um, in a best-case scenario for for both types of squads, for the Browns or Texans respectively. I, I imagine just a lot of people are burned from Duke Johnson last year. I mean, I was all in on Duke Johnson in the seventh round when we assumed he was going to be the starter. Then Carlos Hyde miraculously got uh, 1,000 yards, and I could be frustrated about this. But Duke Johnson, as a pass-catching guy, might even be better than David Johnson as a pass-catcher, and that's kind of the reason that Bill O'Brien went and acquired him for that ridiculous trade that he did is to have that sort of value in the offense. So I I am surprised that he's only 45% owned. I, I just have to chalk it up to people getting upset or burned by him last year. And I would imagine um, even next week this time, we probably can't use Duke Johnson as an example moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll be up to 55% and beyond. So um, there we go. We got running backs for your shallow leagues, running backs for maybe your deeper leagues, and and hopefully we can get some viable guys there. I think there's a lot more market to the wide receivers out there. There's definitely some wide receiver twos uh, and some of my favorite values as well. I want to get before we do that, I want to get a word from our sponsor, Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they're stock. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in X player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Patrick Mahomes' rookie year? You knew this would happen? Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio for all of your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would with real stock. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projection, his stock moves up. It's just that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time as long as they're as long as the player isn't currently in the game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with code RotoWare to get an additional ten dollars with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. If I was gonna be buying some prediction stock or prediction strike stock, it's definitely going to be on Steven Sims, who I who I believe <laughs> is the most undervalued of this wide receiver tier. Now, you're going to hear other names out there, and we can talk about them. Jalen Rager, Nikhil Harry, Preston Williams, that's all great. 
I'm specifically saying in deeper leagues that you're drafting 20 plus rosters and or yeah 20 plus people per roster. I think Steven Sims is a really really solid wide receiver six that um, does Jamison Crowder stuff for like nine rounds less. Oh wow! Yeah, see, I saw Steven Sims and I kept thinking in my head Denzel Mims. <laughs> and, and then I had to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, who's he talking about? Yeah, okay, so you got a guy that is on an offense that, you know, led by Dwayne Haskins, you don't really have super high expectations for, but outside of Scary Terry in that receiving core, there's just not a whole lot uh, to like. I mean, Dontrell Inman is a name that you've at least heard of, but yeah, maybe someone like Steven Sims could sneak in there. Um, hasn't necessarily been on my draft radar, but uh I guess in a in a format like this where you're trying to buy super low on a guy and hope he blows up, then then yeah, sure, go when, for it. When he was forced to play towards the end of last season, uh, he got 37 offensive snaps week 13 against the Panthers, three catches for 29 yards on four targets. After that, he had seven, 11, 10, and eight targets in the last four weeks. Each one of those was able to get at least four or five catches and had his yardage total bump up. In fact, he had touchdowns in each of the last three weeks. It was against the Eagles and Giants. We know those defenses were horrible gotcha. last year. The Cowboys, too. All I'm saying is Terry McLaurin is great. I love him as a fourth-round guy. Mm -hmm. But if you were under the impression Washington is not going to be very good this year, like I am, and you think, all right, the defense will be fine, but they might need to pass the ball, somebody other than Terry McLaurin has to do something. I don't believe it's Logan Thompson. I don't believe it's any of the running backs that can really do pass-catching stuff like Chris Thompson last year. Mm -hmm. Gibson might be an exception. Steven Sims is is really my guy that I'm buying the stock into this year. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what his ownership percentage is. It's got to be below, like, 15 percent because most people aren't thinking of getting the second washington wide receiver yeah i think you should wow he's so far off my radar and and, <laughs> and could have helped you in your uh 16 team uh double flex leagues so if you, if you got that going and yeah and who knows maybe there's a buy low but um you have to think about your drop in that situation and i'm generally too hesitant to get a guy that i went out and drafted a week ago and cut him all of a right. sudden for the wild card like this well that's um, why i've been drafting sims so i don't have to even <laughs> worry about that but i'm gonna give you some more relevant names all right jake yeah we got to start at the top and we got to start with with our Packers, right? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Alan Lazard is the most relevant name out there. How is he under 50% owned right yeah, now? Yeah, 44% owned in Yahoo Leagues is amazing to me. And I kind of alluded that earlier in the show. I was like, well, who are the Vikings cornerbacks right now? The days of Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes are over. The era which will probably be short uh, until some of these rookies catch up in competition. The era of Mike Hughes and Holton Hill. I was going to say they drafted somebody in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hughes, yeah, okay. Yeah, Gladney um, was also a, oh, a relatively okay. early pick. It was but, Gladney. I was yeah. All right. But Hughes and Hill are, are the guys now. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers used to always really pick on Trey Wayne's opposite of, of Xavier Rhodes. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd almost take Wayne's over some of these guys, especially if you're talking week one of the 2020 season. Devontae Adams can't do it all. Um, unless the defense dominates, which, which which I'm not sure will necessarily be the case. They're going to have to put up some points to win this game. Um, I take Lazard not only for his matchup this week, but for his number two prospects throughout the entire season. I don't know what depressed the ADP so much. I mean, we saw Rodgers' ADP get depressed quite a bit, uh, you know, after kind of finishing in that 10-12 interchangeable range last year, depending on your scoring system. There's got, you know, you were saying you want the number two wide receiver in a Washington offense. How about the number two receiver in a Green Bay offense where Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's getting up there, but he's still, he's still got it a little bit. It has nothing to do with Rodgers' age and has everything to do schematically with what the Packers did all offseason, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we saw the investment in Jordan Love in the first-round pick. People are going to make fun of that in the national media because people are stupid. That's fine. 
We saw AJ Dillon in the second round, and mm-hmm. I think Dillon's going to be a really quality prospect. But that mm-hmm. kind of tipped my hand as to, hey, maybe this offense is going to be even more run oriented than we think. And then they took mm-hmm. a fullback in the yeah. third round, and and that's where I get concerned. There was no investment in the wide receivers, maybe because Marquez Valdez Scantling, who I loved last year and probably burned all my stock on, uh, could mm-hmm. develop or Lazard You're, could develop too. He'll be just one year too early on Valdez Scantling. You know I mean, what? One of those two guys is going to get a hundred <laughs> targets. This then year. my MVS jersey won't look as awkward. I wear it to the. <laughs> in 2021 um but like just say it's the name of your law firm in five years nobody will know the difference <laughs> that's that's perfect you're right why do you have a packers law firm jersey because i can that's because <laughs> yes. I, I have a law firm i have that yeah, money that's all um, you gotta do. no but like back to what you're saying the just the scheme thing so if they end up running um like 50 55 percent of the time which i'm sure what what matt Ford would love to do then maybe you don't see lazard have as much value however I would have told you every single time, never play Aaron Rodgers in the in the Vikings Superdome when there's a crowd. There is no crowd. The mm-hmm. advantage that Minnesota has with their dome and everything else completely goes away. And I think actually it makes a bit of a sneaky sense because you're going to see people be like, all right, take the under on Rodgers' yards because in his career against Minnesota, at Minnesota, he does X, Y, and Z. You have to throw all that out the window when he can mm-hmm. hear everything that's going on at all times of the field. I want the cerebral quarterback quarterback when that happens. And you're right. There's no reason, I'll say, no reason Lazard should be under 50% owned in the yeah. other leagues. Yeah, if you need a wide he's a perfectly acceptable flex or even a wide receiver three this week. Uh, in, in a similar vein, I think you'll see outside of our real deep flyers that we're going, there's a lot of number twos that are under 50% owned yes. that you know one of these guys is going to come sneak up in the ownership rankings. And the other guy um, that's been getting some steam towards the end of draft season, we mentioned him before, but Preston Williams. I'm in. Had some uh, had some solid chemistry with Fitzmagic uh, before we went down with the injury, and now you know he's got to be the number two behind Devontae Parker. He's a guy that I think you want to uh, you want to think about picking up in the same light as Lazard. Although um, you know the matchup this week isn't quite as great as Lazard's. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting to see what Fitzpatrick does now with Preston Williams. I mean, if we all recall last year, it was really Williams that was exploding onto the seam as an undrafted free agent, doing five catches, 50 yards type of stuff, stuff that you wouldn't have anticipated, what I think Steven Sims is going to do this year. Um, mm-hmm. But now, I mean, he's kind of more of a known commodity, is going to be opposite another known commodity in, in Devontae Parker. Jasicki's still around doing uh, some pass-catching things too. Mm-hmm. I like Lazard a lot more, but I think Preston Williams can also be a good long-term asset as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just too many good receivers to be out in the waiver right net right waiver wire right now. Yeah. And that also applies to Rager, who especially, especially in these COVID nineteen formats, which we talked about a couple podcasts ago, mm-hmm. like injured reserve, if you could stash him in any capacity, he's gonna be mm-hmm. out for three to four weeks. But I think he could have like an Odell Beckham sort of season return. Remember, Beckham missed his first couple of games with an injury. I think Rager can do the same type of thing for the Eagles. Yeah. I, I'm not the first one to say it. Mario said it, so I'm just going to you know mm-hmm. copy him. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's entirely right, though. Yeah, Jeff and Liss talked about this at length yesterday. Basically, he, given the setup of this team's receiving core, he is a guy that was drafted and has the potential to be the number one guy. So at a third owned, if you're in savvier leagues, he's probably not going to be out there, but he should be a name you type in as well. Not because you need production now, but because he could be a game changer in a couple weeks down the road. You know, the ups side is there and that's why you have to consider him on the waiver week wire this week 
The only other name that I think is worth discussing right now, we also have like Paris Campbell and Robbie Anderson's, which we can do for mm-hmm. another day if if they're kind of if, if they prove to get, be good in week one. Yeah, Campbell's kind of pushing my boy Pittman down the depth chart. I yeah, got, you know, he might be one of my early cuts if he can't uh, come out and get some targets. Well, I'm just wondering what you do with Nikhil Harry, who's at 33% rostered in in Yahoo leagues at the moment. Um, the Dolphins have a sneaky good secondary. They invested in Byron Jones in the offseason. They already have Xavier Howard on the outside. I think he's recovered from COVID too, so that should be fine. Like, I, I don't know if you use Harry much this week, but what does Cam Newton do? I mean, we talked about the, the Chargers and the Bengals and what their offenses look like. I'm excited to see. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots fit into that category too. And this might be your one time to get Harry before you pay $25 for him next week mm-hmm. if he goes for 80 and a touchdown. I think it's entirely possible he could if everything works out the way the Patriots yeah. want to. I mean, absolutely. This wide receiver group, uh, Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, and then you go down to Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers, you know Matthew Slater, special teams ace, Gunnar Olszewski. The tight ends group is nothing to speak of. Uh, Ryan Izzo, Devin, I'm not even going to say Dalton Key. Asiasi, I think. Asiasi? Okay. Yeah, it's close enough. Like yeah. I, I won't correct you if you try to go with that route. Okay, yeah, all right. Oh, I got <laughs> Just it. Just say the actual A word and then a few other syllables afterwards. Yeah, yeah. some vowels, got it. Um, Dalton Key. <laughs> go Dalton Key I actually took in some uh, in our, our dynasty league. Yes. It was like in the 19th round, I think, so maybe he'll be good eventually here but i mean it's edelman james white's probably your number two pass catcher in uh all reality but then there's Nikhil harry and he's around and uh he's a guy that uh could kind of play that um uh, maybe maybe there's a bad comp like a funchess type role for newton in carolina i don't mind when that. funchess was relevant I, and there's value in that i just was gonna say from a fancy perspective we all got excited about dj chark last year who was undrafted in most situations I don't know if Harry has that kind of upside, but I do think he could be a like. There's crazier things to happen than a first round pick returning on value. What you anticipate he be like? The Patriots are are horrible at scouting wide receivers. It feels like for the last ten years, and part of the reason why Tom Brady left is because of that. But I think Harry has a decent amount of talent, and I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he has some crazy breakout game, especially with Cam Newton, who could do that Devin Funches stuff. Like, I mean, or mm-hmm. even Kelvin Benjamin, who was relevant only when Cam Newton was quarterback too. So um, let's move on to tight ends, kickers, defenses, all in one fell swoop. I don't know if there's a lot of value yeah. at any one of these. Um, there's an Ian Tom- Thomas we talked about a little bit earlier. Irv Smith now is maybe a number two tight end kind of deal. Like any of these yeah. guys stand out to you? Ian Thomas is mostly my way to get Kevin Payne a shout out in this podcast. Okay. He writes our re- our weekly waiver wire column, which is you know something that we'll check and and uh, you know we won't give away the whole secret sauce, but uh, we'll check that when we're prepping for this show. It's a it's a very useful one, and he goes into some pretty deep dives and he he classifies them into tiers that are very helpful. Rotowire.com slash free for the uh, ten day trial that gets you access to that article among Jeff Erickson's value meter as well which i tweeted about today um trying to find a tight end streamer chances are you're going with the guy you drafted there are no major tight end injuries that i can think of off the top of my head in draft season i mean you know maybe just moving down to number two worries some people on the depth chart but all these guys for the most part held up so you go with who you drafted so i looked the highest guy on jeff's value meter that is under 50 percent rostered in yahoo leagues is number 19 irv smith of the Vikings. I know the Packers have been hit and miss against tight ends in the past, and, and uh, you know, maybe Irv Smith can get you something there, but uh, I, neither of these guys are, are worth picking up to stream. You you get the guy that you have. I mean, you take Fant, Herndon, Janu Smith, Blake Jarwin, Mike Gusecki. Right. Look for those guys first before you start getting in this uh, in this deep stretch here. Yeah, I was going to add Hawkinson and Hooper too. I mean, like there's just Hawkinson's so many. Like seventy three percent owned though. I look. Well, and, okay. and Jeff's got him in the top ten this week. Ooh, I mean, that's a guy right. that uh, you may want to think about again. Not to give away the whole sauce, uh, and you know, Jeff invites you to uh, to come after him for his rankings, <laughs> but 
uh, but no, Hawkinson too high owned and uh, apparently with good reason. He's the guy I didn't get any shares of this year. Not necessarily intentional. I think I just fell in love with uh, like Noah Fant too much. That's probably what yeah. happened. Yeah. Okay. Is there any defenses that you're targeting at all for a pickup perspective? I don't. I don't know. Like I was already drafting my week one defense, so there's gonna be no reason they're gonna be on the waiver wire. But maybe somebody wasn't thinking thoroughly enough, had a few too many uh, brewskis while the draft was going on, mm-hmm. and and just didn't put together. Yeah. Uh, you know there are a lot of different defenses. I think uh, people caught on to the Colts situation yes. because their schedule is pretty pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Looking over the first four weeks here but the one defense that is pretty much universally available that you might even have to waste one the one salary cap acquisition budget dollar on is um is the Detroit Lions because of Mitch Trubisky. I told you I changed my tune on that. I'm going to follow through with that this week. I think he is the guy. Uh, you could maybe theoretically pick on a guy like Haskins, who is bad and limited, showing an unproven guy like Drew Locke. You could pick on him. You could even pick on Joe Burrow because it's a rookie quarterback starting week one. But I'd much rather pick on Mitch Trubisky out of any of those guys. Yeah, I- I'm I'm not going that direction. But like, if you were going to go ahead and really, really stream a defense, you could do worse than the Lions, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, only because I don't think you can do worse than Trubisky. <laughs> I, yeah. I just I think he's a he is mm-hmm. one of the bottom tier of quarterbacks right now. And you exactly, know, I mean, I don't love think, being a Packers fan. Darius Slay is gone, right? So yes. that's the uh, if you know if I had it, but they did they, acquire Desmond Trufant yep. from the Falcons mm-hmm. as and a, Jeff Okuda was drafted, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's um. Yeah, yeah. So there's potential in there to there's potential in there to pick Trubisky off. Is all the I'm the, the thing that should be mentioned, and I, I've seen a few people say it as well, but I guess I'll I'll sneak in as well and, get, and get credit. Lions were one of the worst defenses against opposing pass catching running backs. So you assume mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen, especially in an, an exaggerated role with David Montgomery, likely out. Yeah, maybe Cohen does more things, and that can boost Trubisky's numbers. But it's not like we're going to see Trubisky just throwing mm-hmm. the ball around crazy. I think yeah, Cohen exactly. might give him an extra seventy-five yards. I think the fact that Montgomery's out just helps De- Detroit as a streamer. I think they're pretty they're pretty much the chalk stream this week. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll be interested to see if that ends up winning any um, GPP tournaments as well. Again, listen to Scott and um, Scott and Laird who do the Friday DFS podcast every week. I, I've been loving listening to them. Also, go ahead and listen to John Amari. We've been shouting out Mario like four or five times reading this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope they you didn't take the, all of his best takes already from listening, <laughs> yeah, from, <laughs> from reading his phenomenal stuff on the site and, and everything like that. So they do the Thursday podcast, and Jeff has been doing a, a roulette of different uh, industry experts out there every Wednesday. It's been a really encouraging podcast out there. So. Yeah, the the RotoWire NFL Podcast Network is is just going crazy right now. I think there's a lot of great content out there to get you set for week one. Again, two sleeps, as Jake would say, two sleeps away. Week one of the NFL season starts. Uh, a lot of different drafts I have to get through. I'm going to have a tweet out later this week at JB Fantasy Sports uh, with my complete uh, roster share of all those guys. And I'm in a few more leagues than you, so probably it's going to be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, interesting yeah, see. absolutely. But we're all in different kinds of leagues, and it's going to be pretty useful for the uh, for the streaming. So uh, we'll hopefully give you guys all bases covered, and hopefully we got you a good list of players. Maybe take a look at before week one with uh, those fab bids that are probably coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, enjoy and good luck. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, 
Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.